Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, they, they stretch you so much, the calves so that you have to prepare for a lot of different things. And, you know, I've, I've heard this term thrown around basketball circles some, but certainly other industries as well. It's a great opportunity to build and extend our corporate knowledge. You just think, uh, I mean, it's not about individuals. Um, obviously, we're going home. So we can care less how, how well we played at the end of the game. Um, fact of the matter is, we didn't get no wins. And, and I mean, it was a good way to, I guess, to end the season. But at the same time, uh, our main focus and our main objective was to get a win tonight. And uh, we failed. So if playing well is a satisfaction to y'all, um, then y'all can write whatever y'all want to write about that. You know, it was a great first test for our, for our team. We're a young team. Uh, we have some vets, but we're a young team together, you know. And uh, the, the Celtics gave us the test that that we needed, some things that we haven't seen um, in the first round. I mean, in, in the regular season, and it will prepare us for the second round, which will be much tougher. We know that, so um, you know we'll be ready for it. I think our coaching staff will do a great job, and uh, and it's up to us as the players to go out and execute the game plan. We're here on the parquet floor after the Celtics got swept by the Cleveland Cavaliers. We're going to break down this game, and then we're going to break down this series for you on the Garden Report on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. Welcome to the Garden Report, powered by DraftKings. For the first in, uh, time this year, the final episode of the season that we're powered by DraftKings. Shout out to our sponsors, Peak Organic Brewing, the official beer of the Garden Report, Audible.com, Lynda.com, and the Reach Pulling app. So we are going to break down what happened in this game. Why did the Celtics lose? Why were they getting absolutely destroyed for the first half of this game? And why did things turn around for them? And then later on, we'll go into the season, into the series, and then eventually the season. So, Julian, we'll start with you here. Uh, it was kind of a travesty of a basketball game from the Celtics' perspective until about the middle of the third quarter. Everything turned around after the Jay Crowder injury with Isaiah Thomas, who was 0 for 10 up to that point, going off. He had 11 points in the basically the end of the third quarter and then mm -hmm. continued that into the fourth quarter. Yeah, they finished strong. This is a team that, you know, all season clawed their way back into games, won games that they weren't supposed to win. But against the Cavs and LeBron James in a playoff game, you can claw your way back as much as you want, it seems. But when the talent is that far apart, mm -hmm. it didn't happen for him. And that was, it seemed to be, you know, the last, the final three games of the series were all eight point games. So 
you know, the Cavs are eight points better than the Celtics. <laughs> that That is what it is. Yeah, I mean, if the Celtics are eight points worse than the Cavs, I guess they're trending That's in the right direction. That's not bad, right? Isn't that bad? But, yeah, no, tonight, uh, today's game was, yeah, like you said, it was not, not the greatest, the finest display of basketball for the Celtics for much of the night, which was kind of strange because, I mean, we'll, we'll get into all the shenanigans that went down. But while you were watching them, it kind of had the feel of, like, Wow, like this could be, this is going to be like a game that people are going to remember for a while. This is a big, and then you look at the scoreboard and they're down 21 points. You're like, oh, well, maybe that doesn't really work out. But I mean, they did come back at the end. They they very nearly made it a one possession game in the final seconds, thanks to a little bit of questionable refereeing, but um, on the Isaiah Thomas. Lack of refereeing. Lack of refereeing. But um, no, I mean, they dug themselves just way too big of a hole tonight. I mean, and against the Cavs, you, you just can't do that. Nope. Well, shenanigans is probably the only way you could describe it. That was the perfect way to put it. And uh, of all the shenanigans that happened in this game, let's focus on the last one that happened there. Mm-hmm. Was Isaiah Thomas, uh, LeBron is inbounding the ball. He swipes LeBron from behind while out of bounds, which is a technical foul that for some reason didn't get called. It was pretty blatant, too. Yeah. Salt yeah. was forced to turn over, able to get the ball back there. I mean, what did you think of that play, Julian? I mean, should, obviously the refs blew it there, but was it interesting at least, I guess? It was very interesting, and as you said, the refs blew it. So what do you? I mean, what are you gonna say? It wasn't. It shouldn't have counted in the way that it went. I mean, they things. It was an interesting game all game, and things very out of the ordinary were happening throughout it. So I guess maybe it's the perfect end to the series. You can put it that way, maybe. Yeah, and I mean, I'm thankful for it because it set up a uh, potential GG Datome three-pointer with and that's, 13 oh, seconds how, left. How ridiculous, how ridiculous is it that with your entire season on the line, Gigi is the guy that we're going to? For this the is we we wouldn't have been team. able to have the garden report if that happened because this <laughs> building would have literally burned to the ground. But didn't go in. Kyrie gets the, the free throws on the other end, and and that's how it is. But, I mean, it's wild that that was even as close as it was. I'm, I'm, I know they've, they've said all season that it's so much easier to play when you're up 25 points, especially when you're up 25 points and you have a 3-0 lead in a playoff series. It's easy to let the other team kind of claw back into that. But um, And when they were out without two of their starters at yeah. that point, too. So um, Celtics clawed back in, but as the, the story with this entire series, the Cavs were just that much better. So, yeah, so the Cavs are missing a couple players for a few very different reasons. First off, Kevin Love has his arm ripped out by Kelly Olenek. Mm-hmm. Intentional or not, we're not really sure yet. Kevin Love certainly thinks it was intentional. It's hard to tell from the replay, really. Both coaches says it's on Kelly Olenek's character to do something intentionally Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. that. Uh, But so Kevin Love dislocated shoulder. He could be seeing extended time out. We'll see what happens. I would think Uh, so. Getting an MRI on Monday, I believe, up in Cleveland. And then uh, after that, Jabe Crowder gets shoved by Kendrick Perkins. They get into a fight. Perk gets a flagrant one. I thought maybe Perk should have been should've, ejected should've for that since he shoved him first and then the slapped pick, him again. But then the slap. Yeah, that, so it's two, two attacks. Kind of thing he had. Yeah. yeah. Two, two of those plays right in succession. He should have been gone. So mm-hmm. Perk got in there, played four minutes, hit a guy twice, and that was four pretty much it. This was 30, 38 seconds. It's a classic uh, it t- Perk play. <laughs> took him 38 seconds before he uh, yeah. before he started throwing around the uh, the goonery. But, and it was, weird an to, it was weird to see Kendrick Perkins get booed in TD Garden. And he's... He's been beloved every time he's come back, with, yeah. whether it be with the Thunder or when he was here with the Cavs earlier. And <laughs> the fans were not happy with him today. 
Well, the fans definitely weren't happy with J.R. Smith. He had the biggest Bush League play of all. Mm-hmm. Whether or not a Linux play was intentional, there's no question that J.R. Smith was intentional. He, he said he was trying to clear space. Not. Yeah, yeah, I'll believe <laughs> that However. one. I mean, J.R. Smith has a great track record for his honesty and his, for uh, sure. and his responsibility. But uh, yeah, so he took a swing at Jay Crowder. Not, it seemed like he knocked him out cold at first. I mean, Jay, Jay took a major hit to the mm-hmm. face. I mean, that was he hit him. He hit him hard enough in the face that his knee got hurt. Yeah. On the way down, <laughs> it's so a heck of a it was a hard hit. But yeah, so Crowder's knee buckled underneath them. We'll see how bad uh, the results are there. But it kind of folded sideways. But so, in the end, Isaiah's play doesn't look that bad in perspective. But this game, this series, went from kind of like a smoothly running physical series, but really kind of a smoothly run series compared to what else is happening out there. It's like a bloodbath at the end of mm-hmm, Game Four. Mm-hmm. It's pretty shocking. Yeah, and it was all kind of. This game, we were talking about before, this felt like the longest game ever. Because all of this stuff, with the, with the exception of, of um, Isaiah's little thing at the end, it all happened within the first 26 minutes. Like, J.R. Smith got ejected less than two minutes yep. into the second half. So all of this was just in, like, rapid succession. Just so much crazy stuff happening. We had another uh, under-the-radar thing. Um, Isaiah gave um, Kristen Thompson... A little shove right on the sideline, just a tiny one. Oh, yeah. Tristan Thompson went flying in, took out an entire row of, of fans. <laughs> yeah. in row, yeah. Which was hilarious. If you if you haven't seen the vine of it, go uh, go look at it. It was mesmerizing, oddly mem- mesmerizing. Fans got their uh, their money's worth on courtside seats uh, today's sure. game. There was for a sure. lot of guys flying for, into for the this stands. series in general. I mean, we had we had game three that was just more like legal kind of physical basketball play, mm-hmm. and then you just had all sorts of theatrics coming out today I just feel like everything that happened can't look I mean it was a lose-lose for both teams in ways we got to see what the deal is with Crowder yeah the in all likelihood the Cavs are going to start what probably should be the Eastern Conference Finals in a second round matchup against the Bulls Mm -hmm. without Love and J.R. Smith so none of this is good for either team but I just feel like it didn't look as good on the Cavs with you know Love's coach sits down says you know for the most part I don't think Olenek did that on purpose Love will tell you that he did, and then J.R. Smith's in the locker room arguing that his flagrant mm-hmm. two is unintentional. You know, LeBron and Kyrie came up and, and backed Love. You know, I don't know how they actually feel. They're just going to back up their teammate yep. in that situation. So I just think, you know, the, the Cavs are arguing. Olenix is definitely, without a doubt, intentional. J.R. Smith, oh, I was just moving my arm around. <laughs> Not the best look going into the next round for them. Yeah, no, in the... Um the Olenek thing, it's, it's funny that how, how ardent both teams are that it was either intentional or it was not intentional. Mm-hmm. Because you have, you have all the Cavs saying, like, Kevin Love's with Bush League play. I knew he meant to do this. I knew he meant to grab my arm. And everybody from the Celtics saying, like, we guarantee that Kelly Olenek did not do this. I mean, Evan Turner, shout out to Evan Turner for having a 25-minute <laughs> uh, post-game session after this last game. I missed uh, it. Uh, that's a sincere a sincere shout-out, too. But, yeah, he was he was talking to uh, kind of address the whole thing. He addressed the J.R. Smith situation, said J.R. Smith definitely should be suspended for one game. Says there's no place for in basketball for that kind of thing, all that, blah, blah, blah. But for the Olenek thing, he's like, no, that wasn't intentional. Kelly Olenek is just that bad at boxing out. <laughs> he does that to us in practice every single time. And he, he rips get our shoulders out every he time. He doesn't get, get called because he's, you have it. because he's in because he's in practice. But then both Brad Stevens and, and Turner were like, he's the nicest dude in the world. He's he's not like the kind of guy that's gonna go out and like maliciously try to end somebody's season, injure somebody, anything like that. So that's that's what they believe. I mean, I guess only Olenek actually knows the truth, but that's that's what his teammates and his coach are saying. Yeah, it certainly looked like Olenek was just trying to pull on him. 
You, yeah. know, you don't expect to. Yeah. You're pulling it, on it, Kevin Love to pop his shoulder out. You that's really being tangled that. up. Yeah. Yep. The that definition happens. of being tangled up. From, from what I can see. But it depends on what side of the of the fence you're on, because if you're LeBron, that's a, that's a different tie-up than the ones he's seen in the Absolutely. best. Okay, so really quickly here before we go to part two, three-point shooting, has they've been allergic to it, the Celtics have, all yeah, series. Well. It was really, I thought their one chance to try to win some games in the series was mm-hmm. to be able to outshoot them from deep, which you wouldn't expect them to be able to do, but part they of their can't. game is taking a lot of threes. <laughs> yeah. but the thing is, Cleveland took more threes than the Celtics mm-hmm. in just about every single game. Tonight took a lot more threes of them. They took yeah, 33 to 23. They went Seven for 33. Celtics went three for 23. They shot 13% from deep in yep. an elimination game. And the fact that it was even a close game that is mind-blowing <laughs> that they could do that. It's crazy. That usually it's means not. the elimination game is going to yes. end by being eliminated. <laughs> yeah, so, they, they didn't shoot their – they didn't make their first three until, I believe, the 522 mark of the third quarter. Was that the Isaiah Thomas And it was three? also Isaiah Thomas's first of all field people. goal. So both of those things Who went not, for seven not the recipe for, uh, for success. Yeah. So, yeah, next year they will need more three-point shooting, and we'll be back for part two. Add it to the list. I mean, things got a little chippy. Um, obviously, Kev dislocates his shoulder. Um, honestly, didn't see what happened, but um, I think it was a shared feeling that it just wasn't a, it was, wasn't a basketball play. And then um, Jay Crowder incident, both of them. Um, got physical, but you never want to wish uh, anything would happen to him on anyone. Uh, just got chippy, and, and guys – Gonna stand up for themselves, and, and sometimes things get out of hand a little too much. But yeah, I seen the replay, and it didn't look uh, like a basketball play. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of tie-ups in my day, and um, you know that that tie-up was a little different. You know, and uh, you know we want you want to play the game of basketball the right way. You want to be physical, but you never want the game to get out of hand where you have injuries. And we had two of them tonight, and uh, you know you don't wish that on nobody. You know, I don't. I don't. I hope that it wasn't a play on purpose. You know, I don't think it's in the character of Olenek to do that. But you know, I hope not. Um, we could say the same thing. We're all men here. We don't need to cry and tell you guys. So it is what it is. It's playoff basketball. We don't want to hurt anybody, but things happen, and and you got to move forward. <laughs> Welcome to part two here of the Garden Report, powered by DraftKings. Uh, don't forget, after you're done watching this show, to listen to Celtic Speed with Hall of Famer JoJo White. You can find that on CLNS Radio. Now let's talk about LeBron, because we got to start. If we're going to recap the series, we got to talk recap about the LeBron. guy mm-hmm. that made the series happen. LeBron mm-hmm. James was decent in game one, decent in game two, and then he came to Boston and he stepped his game up. And yep. he says he loves playing on the road. He loves feeding off of the energy aimed at him by the opposing crowd. They boo him every time he touches the ball in Boston, and he loved it, and he made the most out of it. I mean, first of all, I think he was better than decent in games one and two. I think you're not giving him quite enough credit there. He was decent for LeBron. Sure. But we're, we're, mean, we're always talking relatively speaking with LeBron. Right. I, I mean, 25 points no, is I like a mediocre that. game. I should yeah. have assumed How that. How dare you? Um, yeah, he... he thrives in Boston that's something that he that's something that he really likes and he'll tell you that he likes so it really just comes down to star power in the NBA and when and LeBron is the star of all stars when you have that you know if the Cavs wind up in the finals the only type of teams that are going to have a chance are you know there's always the Spurs but the Warriors who have had so much star power this year and when LeBron faces off against a team like the Celtics, he's just so much more physical. He said in every post game that we were at, I can play physical. I have no problem playing physical and just kind of 
laughs at that when people ask him if he minds Jay Crowder or Evan Turner or whoever getting physical with him. Mm-hmm. He laughs and says, no, I don't mind. So LeBron is just better in, in every aspect. He's able to take control of the game. And like we were talking about before we just started filming, he played 46 minutes and 22 seconds. He sat down for a minute and a half break and just kept going at it the rest of the game and had no problem doing so. He's just, yeah, he, he was superhuman again. And, and not even, well, he was superhuman compared to everybody else on the court. He yeah. wasn't even, you look at some of these box scores, the they only thing is like the one for seven from three. One for seven from three, six turnovers. Like you say those two numbers right mm-hmm. away, and you're like, this guy didn't really have a great game. And then you look, you see it's LeBron. You see he had 27 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. I think he came close three to steals. A, three steals. He came tr- close to a triple-double in pretty much every game in this series. Yeah, yeah. And he's just, and yeah, he, he loved the pressure. I mean, fans here were getting on him. You got the, the P.K. Subban in Montreal treatment every time he touched a, <laughs> or Zidane Chara, Chara in Montreal, excuse me, treatment every time he touched the ball. And you can see guys were yelling at him. You had the uh, LeBron is a, a wonderful inappropri- man. inappropriate yeah. word uh, shirts that were uh, that were pretty uh, popular around the garden here. But yeah, he's he came in. I mean, we've come a long, come a long way from the LeBron can't can't uh, get it done in the playoffs days. Yeah. He's just he's on fire, and he, he doesn't he he's so consistent now too. I mean, even that that first game that he didn't have quite as good of stats, you could tell he was really kind of making an effort to to facilitate, to get the ball in Kyrie's hands and Kevin Love's hands, that kind of thing. And then the last three games, he just, he didn't even have really like a hiccup. He just, he just went through. And I guess that's what he's going to have to do for, for the, uh, the Cavaliers to have success at the like NBA finals level to really, right. if they have a chance of actually making this turn into a, a real championship run. Now, especially if Kevin Love misses significant time, he's going to have to be that, that stud. And that's what he's been so far. Can I give two more quick things on LeBron? Please do. <laughs> All right. Number one, LeBron has to come out and play at this level while they're playing a team like the Celtics. If you're going on yeah. a championship run, just like we talked about, when they get to the Bulls, when they get to the Spurs, the Warriors, Clippers, whomever, mm-hmm. you want to be playing at that level there or they're not going to win. So he comes out, he sets that tone early, dominates the Celtics, but shows, hey, this is what I'm going to be during these playoffs. And number two... That is what he has always done in the first round because he is now 40 and 7 in first round playoff games. That's pretty wild. So he comes out, dominates the first round because he's LeBron and he's playing inferior teams and he's getting at an elite level to get ready for the real push, which is winning a ring. You know, the, the thing with LeBron is that I've, I felt like at the beginning of the series, he kind of took a backseat to Kyrie. He let kind of he let the rest of the team kind of find their way, and then he come into the fourth quarter and kind of take over and clean up mm-hmm. a, over everything. Mm-hmm. But then the two games here at the Garden, this is why I was saying yeah, decent no time, versus no exceptional. Time to mess around, yeah. yeah, it's like he just came out and was dominant early in the first quarter. It was a big thing for him is he wanted to set the tone early in the game that he was going to be faster and jump over everyone mm-hmm. and be super physical. And the big thing was he made a lot of big defensive plays early in the games too. He wanted to pick off passes, trap guys on the perimeter. And LeBron went from being kind of the guy that would take care of things in the game to being the tone setter. And that's where the series really turned. And, you know, the Celtics put up a pretty solid fight in the, at the end of this game. And they yeah. put up a bit of a fight in game three, but they kind of were outplayed mm-hmm. most of the game three. But... Every single time they would try to fight back, LeBron would kind of push them off. 
And that was really what was so great about him. Like Kyrie, just like he would kind of get into his zone, he would kind of fade in and out of the game. Mm-hmm. LeBron was just steady every single quarter. Yep. Every time they would make a run, LeBron would answer with his own little mini run of his own. I know. I think we were talking about last game um, how at the end of the second half, as the Celtics got close, yeah. LeBron went yep. on like a six zero run just like that in like thirty seconds. It's yep. incredible, and that's what he does, and that's why he's the best player in the league. Yeah, exactly. Totally agree. Okay, well, he's something about No, com- no so, comments yeah. on that one. Okay, we can that's check why he's that 40, one That's off. why he's 40 and 7 in the first round. So I have hashtag 8th man here on my agenda just because we have to say hashtag 8th man in order for the show to count. It was the year of the 8th man. It was the year of the 8th man. Uh, I guess we could kind of talk about the rotation here and figuring out who the 8th man was going to be for this team during the series. Okay. You know, the big rotation was such a mess for this team. Because All 13 guys played today. Yeah, that's a great. Really, geez, that's yeah. unbelievable. We, we had a, I we could, had a I Phil Pressy, LeBron James jump ball in crunch time in a playoff. In game. Phil, and the Celtics got that ball. They did Pressy that didn't ball. win the tip, but the Celtics won the ball. Here's the thing: I tweeted out a photo of it um, that I took, so it makes Pressy sense. Can jump. Pressy beat LeBron by about a foot and a half to that ball. He just missed when he swiped yeah, at he, it. He got up but, too quick. Yeah, if you go to my Twitter, you can see the freeze frame of it. He's on the ball. LeBron's like down here. It's incredible how LeBron how he's I, got ups. LeBron probably got up a little more after that picture yeah, was taken. Just a I'm little assuming, bit. but not that much more, really. I mean, yeah, I mean Phil's got like a forty-inch. Ev- Evan Turner said he would win the Celtics dunk contest. Yeah, yep. I remember say that. that. He did say that. I'm I, not, I'm I honestly, sure how James Young would feel about that. By the way, James <laughs> Young's <laughs> about the same vertical. He was giving James Young told us how he felt about it. He didn't like it. But anyway, going back to the game real quick. When Pressy came in to play alongside Isaiah Thomas and Marcus Smart in like around the middle to the end of the third quarter, mm-hmm. I could not believe it. I was like, "Wow, we're yeah. we're at this point in the game where we're still in it." It was like a nine. I think it was nine points a bunch of times towards yeah. the end of that third quarter, and Brad Stevens was like, "All right, Isaiah Thomas and Phil Pressy." You two 5'9", five, 5'11", five, guys, you're going to be my backcourt with the season on the line. It's kind of like the human personification of grasping at straws. <laughs> it was, it was the, the epitome of throwing darts, yes. which as, as Stevens has used say. multiple times this season. Whenever he has, whenever we go, Brad, why did you do? Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I throw darts. Yeah, throw darts. So like, look at my team. I did what I can. Hey, I, I mean, tried. I think I, the last time he used that expression was when we asked him, you played all 13 guys, what were you doing? Throwing darts. Throwing Tonight, darts, he played yeah. all 13 guys. Throwing darts, trying to keep the series alive. And I'm sure we can watch Brad on ESPN do it too in the uh, dart throwing championships <laughs> that come on at like two o'clock on a Saturday throughout the off season here. Uh, so the reason why Phil Pressy was in there was that Isaiah Thomas was god awful right. for about six quarters of the series. And yeah, they played together because well, he needed someone next to him to be able to handle the ball. Because when Isaiah had primary ball responsibilities, they would trap him or mm-hmm. corral, as David Blatt said in the post game press conference. But the Cavaliers figured out how to stop Isaiah Thomas. They got underneath him on the pick and rolls. They fed him into a big, and then they had the point they, guard come on top of him, and he was stuck there. And he passed out of it for a lot of assists, but they killed the Celtics offense by doing that. I would give them credit for – it's a two-part thing, really. I would give them credit for stopping Isaiah, but he shot four of 17, one of seven from three. Part of that is defense, for sure. Part of that is Thomas was off these games yeah. in Boston. He missed a lot it's of just open the threes. The fact they, they put him so far away from his comfort zone. I mean, we saw even earlier this series, and especially this season, he loved just getting the ball up the top and just slicing through. Mm-hmm. And either a lot of you see him run down, goes like a million miles an hour, then just gets those easy layups, or if he doesn't, he'll get fouled, get to the free throw line. He did do that today. He was 12 for 12. Yeah. But you see, especially in these last two games, he just couldn't get – to the rim. He couldn't get anywhere near the rim, really. So he's taking all these perimeter shots. I believe in, I didn't see a shot chart from tonight, but um, from game three, he took two shots in the paint. And 
for a guy like that who thrives on doing like that, him. it's it's yeah. The the Cavs took him out of his comfort zone. He did get his 12 free throw attempts though. He did. He, he no made matter all, what, somehow. he made all 12. Some he sort of deal with the devil where he gets 20 <laughs> points and 10 free throw makes every single game, no matter yeah. what. He had half of the Celtics made free throws today. All right, we're talking yeah. numbers here. Let's wrap up the last episode of the Garden Report yeah. or last post game version of the Garden Report this year with our final boxing out and our final baller of the night. Oh, boy. So we'll do boxing out for this game, then how about a baller of the series to make things interesting? Boxing out for the game and baller of the series. You caught me off guard here. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I mean, the 13% from downtown for the Celtics is... That would be mine as well. Yeah. A huge number. It's so atrocious. I think we can all agree on that. I mean, another boxing out, LeBron 27, 10, and 8, because that was pretty much what he did all series. Yeah. LeBron's a baller of the series, so what, should I try and give it to somebody he else? He absolutely I mean, is. Yeah. Not, we can just no be unanimous there. So we don't even really have to say anything. All right, so we all agree there. So <laughs> our final takeaway from this series, just what did you? What was the most important thing to you in this series? Zach, we'll start with you. The most important thing to to the Cavs winning this series, or the most important thing we can take to you, to, to me, you personally, no, to me, no, wow, heart we're of heart. ended question. We're getting personal yeah. with these questions. No, the, the I mean, the thing I took away is that. Like we've said so many times, the Celtics had to be perfect to even have a chance in this series. They weren't, and they didn't. Even if they were perfect, I don't even know if they would have taken two games, maybe. But the fact that they weren't perfect, they weren't close to perfect, and they lost three of these games by eight and another by 11, I believe. I mean, it's progress. They they have to be happy with what they – I mean, I know they're not happy right now. Nobody – Goes, goes home even from a playoff series like this being like, oh, you know, all right, this is a good mm-hmm. week. But, I mean, once once they kind of digest this a little bit and they look ahead, I mean, this they've got a lot to build on. So my one thing is that they, obviously, you're in the playoffs. Some people wanted the draft pick, some people wanted the playoffs, but you're here. So you have to make the best of it while you're here. So I think that, you know, being in the national spotlight and, and getting a look at their players, a lot of people are, I feel like, are so one side or the other about, you know, you've got to develop this team so that you can win with them later, or, hey, none of these guys are going to be here when they win again, so what does it even matter? You're developing guys in the playoffs for other teams. It's not, you know, all 15 guys don't have to be here, and it can't. it's also not going to be zero guys are going to be here. Danny Ainge is going to sit down and pick, you know, four, five, six guys that he likes the most on this team, and those are going to be the guys that they're going to try and build around whoever the next big thing to come to Boston is going to be so for the guys who are here if it's I I would hope I really liked what I saw from Jay Crowder the second half of the uh, season and series I think that he's going to be one of those guys you know whoever those guys are that Danny Ainge picks Marcus Smart is probably going to be one of those guys they got some great experience to be able to use them to build around whatever the big mystery piece is in the future doesn't have to be everybody so for me, I think a big thing was in the last game here, we got to see one that Jared Solinger is on his way back. He's alive. Yep. And it's very important for this team because he's, we, they saw today he needs to be the best player on their team if they're going to be any good. And when he was when he, he was really good in the second half, and they were really good in the second half, they need that. Isaiah Thomas is a very flawed player, but he can do pretty remarkable things. And he can really propel a team forward, mm-hmm. but his flaws are also going to hold the team back. So they understand that. But – Marcus Smart is the key to this team's future. And there was a play in the second, in the, I think it was in the fourth quarter there, where he had two guys in front of him. He did a beautiful spin move, got off the floater, missed a shot, and Solinger put it back. But mm-hmm. just the fact that he was able to pull off that move in crunch mm-hmm. time, where he's been like allergic to driving to the paint. He had another so nice spin baseline yeah. for two. 
I mean, he's showing that he is very steadily kind of getting more comfortable with the NBA. I'm excited to see what he can do next year. He's probably going to make a good leap to the point that he can start actually yeah. scoring the ball, maybe even running point for this team next year, which is what they really need is for him to be the point guard next oh, year. Sure. And then from Cleveland's point of view, right up until Kevin Love got hurt and J.R. Smith got is probably going to get suspended at least a game, mm-hmm. uh, things were looking like they were going to soar probably through Chicago, probably through Atlanta, get to the finals. They I mean, that team a lot more difficult. Yeah, that themselves. team looked great, but – Cleveland's in huge trouble because I'm not optimistic about Kevin Love being able to play in the Chicago series. Maybe mm-hmm. Atlanta. Maybe he'll be able to play through it. Who knows? But it it was a hell of a series, guys. It really it was. was. It was fun. Hell of a season. We wanted a sweep. Or I'm sorry. We wanted an exciting <laughs> sweep. Seas were going to sweep I mean, it. That's what whatever, we all thought. Whatever was going to happen, happen, I didn't really Celtics care either way. But I wanted it to be exciting, and it was. I thought Every it was single game was fascinating. <laughs> They'd be that good. They'd revert to the old NBA rules for the five-game series. fly home in between games. They're too good. That sounds pretty GG's reasonable. too good. Okay, so we're wrapping up the Garden Report here for the season. I want to thank our sponsors. Peak Organic Brewing has been the official beer of the Garden Report all year long. We love these guys. They've been fantastic. It's delicious beer. I seriously vouch for it. I'm really proud to have them as a sponsor. Uh, Lynda.com has been really fascinating. It's a great website where you can learn pretty much anything you want. They have It's great production value, great quality. I can't recommend it highly enough. And, of course, Audible.com. I think we've all been going to Audible for a long time now. They're kind of the mainstays. And then the Reached app has been really cool to get to learn lately. Uh, so you can take polls there online right now. Go on your smartphone. And then we just brought on DraftKings for this episode, so we're excited to see what happens. It's there. Like you actually write for uh, for DraftKings yeah, too. Yeah, thanks which is for mentioning cool. that earlier. So yeah, well, <laughs> I wanted the DraftKings really playbook. So go read Julian there. You can find Zach at Nesson.com. You can Correct. find me at CLNS Radio, and we're also producing this on Celtics Blog. So I want to thank you guys for what has been so much fun this year. It We've has. had you on thank for the you. playoff run. We've had had you on a few times throughout the year, and I don't know if it's the red-haired beard or what it is, <laughs> but you always are fantastic. I do my best. I'd yeah. say it's beards. Yeah, so. That just make it better. I think the beard connection is what really makes us a good show, more than anything. It's not the basketball talk, it's the beard talk. So, uh, for Jimmy, who couldn't be here today because he's Jimmy busy with the Red Sox, he does not have a beard right now. Uh, for my bearded friend Julian here, <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy. I'm Jared Weiss. We are signing off for the last time this season. We're going to be shooting right now, actually, a season wrap up, and we will have that for you later this week. We'll give you time to watch the show before you watch the uh, season wrap up show. We'll uh, get the t- issue box ready because we're going to talk about trading away Rondo and Green, which I'm sure everyone is so sad about. Boo-hoo, indeed. So that's it for the Garden Report. Thanks for joining us all year. We'll see you next time.